Hello there. Welcome to the Iceland Travel Podcast. I'm your Icelandic host, Skuli Arason. In this podcast, we learn something about Iceland from people who can give us some great insights. On our excellent homepage, icelandtravel.is, there are many informational blogs, features and articles about Iceland and so many aspects of the country in general. I recommend that you check it out for all your Iceland travel needs. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all the uh, usual podcast pages, of course, and YouTube as well. Press down gently on those like and subscription buttons and get all the Iceland content and inspiration we have online. In today's episode, we meet Blake Green. Blake Green is from the United States, lives in Reykjavik and works for Iceland Travel. She dropped by for a cup of coffee and she told me about the ins and outs of moving to Iceland and how everything is here seen through the eyes of a non-Icelandic person. There are even some very handy tips for those of you who would like to do the same. Let's welcome Blake. Hello, Blake. Welcome. Hi, Schooly. Thank you for having me. Nice to see you yet again. I know. We haven't been able to see each other very much this year, so... Yeah. It's been one of those years, at least. That's true. That's true. We don't get to see many people in 2020. <laughs> so this is a real pleasure. So let's begin with that. Uh, Iceland. Yeah. How did you end up here? I mean, it's not like you're moving to Wisconsin or anything. No, 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 no. So I, uh, if I back up, I'm originally from Florida which is probably the dead opposite of Iceland in terms of weather and culture. Um, I, left, I left Florida uh, when I was uh, 18 years old, though. So I, I lived in different parts of Europe. I, I did university in London and Poland, Czech Republic, Switzerland, before returning to the States, and I started working in D.C. So uh, I worked there for many years and uh, worked in pretty high-stress jobs, and I started coming to Iceland for vacation. And then my brother moved here after I encouraged him to join a program at Reykjavik University. Okay. And so I had a reason to visit after that point, uh, more than just vacations. And was your brother studying Icelandic then? Or? No, he's actually studying geothermal energy. Oh, so. <laughs> that's the most Icelandic thing you can do. Almost. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then, uh, so he actually heads up the department at Reykjavik University now for their geothermal energy program. But he he ended up marrying an Icelandic woman, and I got really close to her and her family. Mm -hmm. And her mom was a flight attendant, so she would come and visit me every month in D.C., Mm-hmm. And, and give so, you free tickets to Iceland, of course. <laughs> not quite, not quite, but maybe <laughs> maybe better seats on the plane when I would come and visit. Oh. So we actually started spending our holidays here, and after a lot of encouragement from her family, my sister-in-law's family, we decided to move here mm-hmm. uh, because it's just less stress uh, than D.C., less hustle and bustle. There I was working 12, 14-hour days. Yeah. Whereas, you know, I knew there was just a much better work-life balance here. And I, there was some potential that, you know, I would have time to start a family, mm-hmm. which was definitely a goal. Okay. So, uh, yeah, so I moved here four years ago. Took the plunge. <laughs> Actually, relatively easy transition. Okay. Yeah. I mean, because we know that it's easy to do for people of Europe, right? Yeah. It's almost like just moving in the next street, going between countries here, even though the bureaucracy can be mm-hmm. pretty in- intense. Yeah. In places like Denmark and France, you yeah. have to go a lot to some offices with your signatures and stuff. Yep. Was it like that for you here? It, I, it actually was really simple. My, my husband at the time is a Polish citizen, yeah. and so I came uh, over on a EEA... Uh, spousal permit oh and it took a couple of weeks and Mm -hmm. uh, I had my Kenitala which is the national ID number and I found work after three weeks I've actually found if I back up I I found an apartment the day I arrived bought a car (laughs) the next day and started working a few weeks after that so uh, I was actually I had planned on it taking maybe many months for me to get a job and get settled but frankly uh, it happened really quickly yeah uh, in part, it helps to 
know people, mm -hmm. right? Especially in a small place like Iceland. Yes. Um, but I would say it was also just, um, I don't know, if you have enthusiasm and determination, uh, you, you know, it. sometimes it just works out. I, I, I think it was just, I was quite lucky in, in many ways. So. Yeah. And so some four years later, I had my daughter here, mm -hmm. which has been great. She is definitely more Icelandic than she is American. <gasps> oh, my God. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I think, you know, in some ways, <laughs> I really, you know, I value the fact that she gets to grow up here. Yeah. It's just such a different childhood experience than what I had. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, I went to what would be considered a very unsafe school in terms of crime yeah. and poverty rates and, you know, living in South Florida in the 1980s and 90s, uh, you know, it wasn't, wasn't the place to be. Tony Montana on the corner. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so my daughter has a very safe existence here and we spend a lot of time out in nature in Florida. You can do that. It's just very hot. Yeah. It's a different kind of nature. <laughs> different kind of nature. Yeah. So I, I think she's having a great childhood here and it, it's okay if she prefers Icelandic. This is her home. I so. mean, and, and she, she's, she's grown up bilingual, yep. which is an uh, advantage in today's world. Definitely. Definitely. Well, even trilingual because her dad is Polish, so yeah, she's, she speaks Polish as well. So, which there's a large Polish community here in Iceland. Oh. So, uh, yeah. And even even you can look at it. There's three very different languages. Three very different languages. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> in some ways, I wish it was sort of Arabic, Russian, and Chinese, but <laughs> <laughs> very practical. <laughs> very practical, but that's the DC person in me thinking. You know. Yeah, she'll be a linguist in Icelandic. Uh, Old Norse or something, you know, exactly. not so practical. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So um, <laughs> only three hundred thousand people use it. It's exactly. Still, it's very interesting. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, um, but I think, yeah, overall, I'm I'm very happy with my move here, and it it wasn't uh, as huge of a culture shock as one might expect. Yeah, I mean, uh, to me, I would think. Would you say sometimes I think if I would were to move to Florida, of course I would go to Tampa, you know, mm -hmm. it's the death metal capital of the world. Yeah, I like death metal. Yeah. So it's it's like uh, it's a pilgrimage I have to do, but I, I I'm expecting it could be a more of a culture shock for me, because of things like crime even even though it's less yeah. now, right? Um. Yeah. Yeah. I would say it's definitely less now. Uh, Florida is a culture shock though for people who even live in the states. Oh. Yeah. So oh. it is just a very different kind of place with a very different kind of um, culture there. It's it's sort of got uh, old west vibes in mm. terms of you know you often people in Florida and I'm not trying to be disparaging. No, no. It is a place where people go when they're running away from something often, yeah. and so you get a really interesting culture there which yeah. is great in its yeah. own right where you know you also have a huge immigrant population from mm -hmm. all over south america the caribbean uh the middle east i mean pretty much everywhere so you, you have i mean it's a really cool place but i would say yeah if you were to come from iceland and go to tampa especially uh <laughs> it might be a very uh a pampered icelandic boy you know yeah very different experience standing with a lollipop on the corner yeah lock your doors <laughs> hold your wallet <laughs> yeah so, so when you're when you came first to Iceland, it's mm -hmm. like you you went for a vacation. Yeah, that was the first thing you yep. did. And why did you decide to come to Iceland for a vacation? Nobody was coming to Iceland for vacation at that time, oh. uh, so there wasn't actually really strong tourism infrastructure. So it was yeah. kind of a cool place to visit because you would go to like a site, and it, there just wasn't like a now you'll see visitor centers and toilets mm -hmm. there wasn't anything like that. I mean, mm. maybe at a few locations, but um, not all over. Yeah. And uh, another interesting thing was I remember my first visit to Iceland, there not being a lot of restaurant options in Reykjavik. No, they were they were quite slim. I would go, I would even say like fifteen years ago, ten years ago, yeah. it's completely different. Right, completely, completely different. So this is about almost ten years ago mm -hmm. when I started coming, and they're just. I remember trying to find a lunch place in December. Yeah. <laughs> and I came the first time I came was in December, so. There was no one around. Because we, I mean, us living in Iceland or Icelanders, we, we know how it is sometimes in the winter time. Yeah. Half of places closed that had anything to do with tourism. Right, yeah. exactly, exactly. It used to be like that. Not anymore. Not anymore. Yeah. So it's, it is a very different place. But uh, it, it was enough of a good experience that it kept me coming back. Um, and it was just, 
you know, I love DC, but it is a very high strung place. And so I would get off the plane at Keflavik and just like breathe in the fresh air. And I could, I felt at peace. Like I wasn't in a busy parking lot at Trader Joe's or Whole Foods on a work night, you know? No cabbies trying to get you into the car. Exactly, exactly. Or just, you know, it was just a way to sort of relax and then, you know, spending time with my brother and his wife's family here, you know, they live in this super cozy house in Festivire, which is where we're at right now. Mm -hmm. And it just was such a nice place, especially at Christmas time. I mean, it is magical. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and also kind of, I would say, original coming here first in the winter time. Yeah, yeah. I would say so. Well, yeah. it was interesting. I came here in winter time, and people thought I was crazy, and now everybody <laughs> wants to come in winter time. So, yeah. a lot of my friends came here after that, and then when I moved here, I, I hosted a lot of people as well. So I had pretty regular house guests for the first two years that I was here. Yeah, people just taking advantage of the opportunity. Yeah. So. Of course, as as relatives and friends do when somebody's in a good yeah, know, spot exactly. like you were there. Exactly, exactly. Uh, it's it's cool. I mean, I think I think when when one thing because it was cold when you came and everything and for example when this is being recorded it's is unusually cold in Iceland. Yeah. But and but that, that, that's the time when I say, yeah, it's almost as cold as on continental Europe or in Canada or, or somewhere. Or just in where I lived in the States. Yeah. Like, it definitely, it gets much colder than what it gets here. Yeah. I would say the big difference with Iceland is what can make it feel cold is yeah. the wind. Yeah. <laughs> it, it chills us to the center of our noses. Yeah, I, I could definitely do without the wind sometimes, but it is all a part of the North Atlantic Island mm-hmm. experience, right? If we love waves, if we love waves and 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 autumn leaves uh, twirling about, then we're in a good spot for <laughs> the wind. <laughs> exactly. I had this game when we were younger. It's a it's a very common game in Iceland or common thing to do when it's very windy. Huh. You take your you take your jacket or anything, and you stand on a hilltop, lots of wind, and you just lean into it. Did you, you ever take flight? <laughs> I I took flight once. Yeah, I jumped up a little bit, just a little bit. That's great. <laughs> and you're airborne for, you know, a split second. And for a kid, that feels like eternity, right? Right. I was flying above a hill. Right. So a pro tip, if you get if you get a safe location, a nice little hill yeah. with wind injury face, you can you can use your jacket as wings. You yeah. Know? Well, I would say I actually know this game because my brother and I used to play this during the hurricanes okay, in Florida. Of course, so. yeah. But here you can just have it any day. We have to yeah. wait for a big storm. So... <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, that's yeah, great. <laughs> so the weather hasn't been too much of a problem. No, I I actually have a strong preference for cooler or cold weather. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I don't think I was ever meant to be born in the tropics. No. And my brother who lives here in Reykjavik agrees with me. Neither of us were meant to be raised or living in Florida. It's, uh, the, it's, it's, it's the exact opposite of my friend. He says he's a lizard. He, 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 he would prefer to start each day, you know, warming up in the sun. So right, right. It, to each his own. Yeah. yeah. Well, we get, we get a lot of training when you, when you grow up mostly indoors with air conditioning. It can be a bit uh, frigid even inside. And so when you grow up with that, you know, oh. you're just kind of used to it. So Excellent. <laughs> not a problem at all. So. Quite near Eastlands, Karin. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, I understood that one (laughs) for the listener. I would say my reading of Icelandic is much better than my listening or speaking skills. That's already great. I mean, yeah, yeah. to some extent it's been, it's been forced by, you know, just working in Iceland and you get all of your work emails and Icelandic and you're sort of, oh God, you know, you Google translate definitely gets a good workout, but (sighs) In some ways, you have to pick up something at some point because Google Translate, you can't always depend on that. No. Um, I would say probably my speaking and listening comprehension isn't as good, partly because people in Iceland speak English so well. And if they hear me even starting to struggle yeah. or yeah. they recognize, oh, maybe she's not from here, they automatically switch to English, which is usually perfect. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the English is usually good here with us, but I think it's like... When you're in in places that don't speak English as a native language, people like to use their English. Yeah. So we're not people in Europe, for example. When I have been there trying to speak their languages, yeah. whatever country that may be, 
It was they, they pick up on me being a foreigner. Yep. And switch to their English to practice th themselves. They practice you know? their English. <laughs> it's it's very true, and so sometimes that puts you at a bit of a. I mean, it's nice. It can be stressful if you're you just need to speak English, yeah. right? But in some ways. Uh, I think I'm I'm at a point though. I have decided that I will stay in Iceland, especially seeing my daughter thrive here. Mm -hmm. She's almost three years old. Yeah. Uh, d deciding to stay here has been okay. I think it's time. I need to start taking classes. So my hope for 2021, in the post-COVID era, is mm -hmm. to join some courses. Yeah. Um, I'm up for my permanent residency as well right now, so you know uh, it's it's definitely time to get serious about it. So 2021, very exciting. Yeah, potentially. I, I think I think just just to hear you talk about you know we're we're always so proud Icelandic people. We not like to see our flag in the mm -hmm. news and it's true and and seeing it as a location in a movie or yeah, that's <laughs> very true. Or <laughs> reading about Eyjafjallajökull stopping air traffic. We're always very proud of everything. <laughs> And so, so I'm just very happy that you're going to learn our language a little bit. Yeah, I would say so. And I think it's just out of, you know, if you live anywhere, it's out of respect for the place that has welcomed you. You should try and at least, at least try. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, and I also have a little bit of a competition with my brother who is now speaking it pretty fluently yeah. and, and that's not cool. He's younger yeah. than me and I... Of course, I he's to... in the academic society, so it's... Right. Know. I need to outpace him though. Uh, so uh, I'm I'm hoping to get better at him <laughs> at the language. Next I have year. a long-term project. Yeah. I have a long-term project to replace. It's 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 because it's when you reach that point, it's gonna be so enjoyable. Yeah. Is to read uh, independent people in Icelandic. Right. I've read it in English. Mm -hmm. So reading it in Icelandic, I mean, any loxness yeah. would be. If would be if good. you like, uh, uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm referring to the book uh, Independent People or Sjálfstætt Folk, as it is called in Icelandic, about a farmer uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> doing some tough times in the old Icelandic ways just before yeah. the country became modernized. But it's a great book, and he won the kind of the Nobel Prize. On the power of that people, right. on on that book, I mean, Haltolasnis, great author. So, if you do well, yes. then you can go all the way to noticing how badly he writes Icelandic. Really? <laughs> oh my gosh! You should have told me. <laughs> I don't know that I would have had the skills to pick up on it though. Yeah, Is he, it true? Really? He plays with the language, so okay. he uses different consonants and oh, vowels okay. for things. Okay, so it's yeah. better to know the language first than learn from Loxness. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> definitely. Don't read Loxness if you want to learn <laughs> okay. Good to know. Good to know. Well, I will definitely take up that project, but I need to get those courses first. Yeah. So, next step. And there are actually quite many people doing the, these courses. Yeah. Uh, to, to, to many, of course, it's, it's funny that they come here. You know, there are people, a friend of mine, a German friend of mine, I think German suits well with the Icelandic sounds. Yep, yep. Related languages. Yeah. Yeah. And also Italian, I would say, because they have like the, the same kind of usage of right. consonants and vowels and are have similarly hard. So Italian sometimes and German people that I meet, they speak pretty good. Pretty good Icelandic, yeah. yeah. Okay. It's, it's so interesting to see and... and people who have no use of it. He lives in Germany now, but he speaks fine Icelandic. <laughs> I don't think he uses so it jealous. at all. So jealous. But you'll be able to talk to your daughter. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, she's she's acting as a translator now. It's quite cute. Uh, oh. She'll say, you know, something in Icelandic, and then she'll notice that I'm not picking up, and then she'll say it in English. Yeah. So she realizes, oh, wait, Mama's, Mama's not too fast here, so... <laughs> But she understands. Yeah, she understands. She's she's very sweet about it. So. I did I did a similar thing. I was born in Denmark, for example, mm -hmm. and my parents are Icelandic. And before, to begin with, I spoke Icelandic because I was with them. But then I went out, you know. Right, right. You after kindergarten and all that stuff, yeah. I was speaking Danish to them, and they were uh, speaking Icelandic back at me. Okay. Yeah. So we know how that feels. It's often the way it goes. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So and. You traveled here first in the winter time. Yep. And that was in the middle of winter. Did you have many trips to Iceland before you decided to take the plunge? I had probably been here about four or five times, if I'm remembering correctly, before I decided to move. Yeah. Probably about, actually, it's about four, four times. Yeah, so you had 
like good experience of everything. Kind of, yeah, 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 I would say so. I still hadn't been at the time. I hadn't been to the north. Or I hadn't been to the west fjords or the east fjords yet. But I traveled through the south, which a lot of people when they first come to Iceland, they mm-hmm. spend time in the capital and yeah. they go to the south. I've been, you know, around the Reykjanes Peninsula and and also Snæfellsnes as well. So I had some some you know perspective on what things might look like and. Um, yeah, then I then I took the plunge, and ever since I've been here, we've just been traveling quite extensively through the country, mm-hmm. which helps. I mean, yeah. I work for Iceland Travel and Marketing. You you want to know the place you're marketing, uh, and I would say uh, having traveled in the north and the east and the west fjords, I and also the highlands as well. I, I mean, my I try to concentrate my efforts towards promoting those places because they're just absolutely spectacular and less visited. Yeah. There are few, fewer tourists there. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just, they're so diverse. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's so much to see and they're vast. I mean, you could travel for many days exploring the West Fjords, for example. I mean, it takes time. Yeah. And, and hidden waterfalls and, and unnamed waterfalls. I mm-hmm. mean, we have what, I, I could be wrong on this, maybe 3,000 named waterfalls? Yeah, let's say, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. I mean, these are ones without names. So, I mean, there's just thousands upon thousands of them. So, uh, it's it's just super cool. It's super do. cool. And and it's so cool to see, you, I, for example, see people photographing these waterfalls. Yeah. And half the time, you know, there's no name accompanying to it. It's no. just a waterfall. <laughs> no, and it's, it is can be frustrating if you're scrolling through Instagram <laughs> and you see this, you're like, what waterfall is that? I mean... A big part of my uh, Instagram time is spent investigating, okay, I've seen, okay, here's a waterfall. I don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at the geography around it. I can maybe guess on the south coast somewhere, you know, and it's such a big win if you can figure out where it is and find it yourself. So waterfall hunting is actually kind of a fun fun thing thing to do. Yeah, you could do that. I mean, and, and it's so interesting that you could look at waterfalls in that way and, for example... And you you could spot straight away if it's probably in the east fjords or west fjords yeah. because the landscape is totally different. Right, right. There are just some geological characteristics which you can identify, and you go, okay, that looks very east fjordy. Mm-hmm. Let me let me <laughs> let me see if I can find it. And I have definitely spent a fair amount of time trying to figure out where where a waterfall is located or or a random canyon or something like that. So, yeah, I mean. And and when, for example, when you're traveling to east fjords and west fjords, mm-hmm. you 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 feel even more important, right? Yeah. Even more important because you're one of the few people there at every any given time, and it's always beautiful. Also, all these fjords and stuff. And I remember driving the south part of the west fjords. Yeah. Such a cozy area. The fjords so there. Nice. The fjords there are a little bit smaller than in the northern part of right. the west fjords. But they're so cool and cute, and there are actually many fjords there that don't have anything. Right. And that's so cool. When, when you drive you drive a whole fjord, and it's like, yeah, there's not even a deserted farm here. Right, it's just, not even a deserted one. Yeah, exactly. not even a deserted one. There are many deserted yeah. ones also yeah. that are great to visit, great photo ops that you could get there, for example. But when you go into the fjords and you drive and you say, okay, this is an empty fjord. There's nobody here but me driving right? around. And there's going to be a waterfall in the end. You know, in the, That's in the, the best beginning, part. <laughs> there's always a waterfall in the beginning of these deserted fjords. And you can take, if you're driving there in the spring or autumn yeah. or whatever, yeah. you could maybe have a picnic next to a waterfall. And you know you're probably the only person there for a week or something. That's the best part about it. I mean, I, I would say that was the biggest draw to Iceland is just that ability to feel like you're the only person in the world or maybe you and your partner are the only people in the world mm-hmm. it's amazing just that remoteness and it's not scary though because in Iceland you always know there's a road nearby yep. services within reach so it's not this sort of you know the yeah. feeling that you might get in a sort of <laughs> in the middle situation. of the desert yeah, or something yeah. you know you're not in Mon- Mongolia or, exactly. or something yeah exactly definitely uh, I think I think this is this is and actually what, what I al- also like is that you can do it next to populated areas also yeah I mean just from here yeah from Reykjavik it's really easy to go if you there's one mountain that's really popular with everyone that's Asian and people right. walk up and down that right. a whole year through yeah. But if you take another trail yep. than the popular one, then you feel alone. Right, right. <laughs> because there are many trails, for example, just in that mountain. I mean, and this is 10 minutes from Reykjavik. Well, it's even with Heidmark, the, yeah. the area just, just 
on the edge of Reykjavik, I mean, mm. you can feel like you're in the middle of a forest. Yeah, you have lava caves there, yeah. forests, and, and, and excellent lava formations in general. Exactly, exactly. And it's just right there in your backyard. Mm. I mean, that is, that's yeah. a wonderful thing to have and such a great cultural yeah. value as well. We have had, uh, from Iceland Travel, we've had receptions in Maria Hedlir, which is there. Okay. It's like, and it's a great area for groups if they're doing something special. You could land, yeah. drive towards Reykjavik in your hotel, stop in Hedmark on the way. Okay. Which is just like 10 yeah, yeah. minutes before you arrive at the hotel. Right. And we arranged like for tastings of Icelandic treats was the first thing that people got. And they went into a lava cave. That. Really? I didn't know we did that. That's, yeah. that's actually pretty cool. It's very cool. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many things we can do in right. and around Reykjavik. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, and that, that was another thing. When I started coming to visit here, I mean, I could easily do it over a long weekend. Yeah. I was flying from, from D.C. and I would, or, you know, from the nearby airports there, and I could be here in just under five hours, four and a half hours, five hours. So that meant that I could come here on a, I don't know, Friday and be back home Monday morning, back in the office, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of what it became for me. It was just an easy weekend trip. Yeah. Um, and there were such great flight deals at the time. And so, um, anyways. We were talking about nature. Yes. And, of course, Iceland is, it's sometimes hard to pinpoint what is an Icelandic nature. Yeah. It's a concept to me that's ever changing. Yeah. What 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 do you what would you say? Because when you arrive in Iceland, I have a mm. thing, as you mentioned earlier, that you get the fresh air. Right. But already you see strange landscapes. Yeah. To me, when I'm when I'm arriving in Iceland, I fly over these very strange landscapes because the landscape around the airport is kind of strange and primal. Yes, it <laughs> very is. Very primal. It's true. It's like a nature documentary showing how a land is formed because you got this crackling earth. Right, you know, right. Very fresh looking and, and just these, these kind of veg vegetation that reminds us of how terraforming should work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on a distant planet. Yeah. And then, of course, it changes all the way when you're driving to Reykjavik, of course. Right, right. But you can one, get one of the, the harshest impressions just in the beginning. It's very true. It, it reminds us of the lava. Yep. And of course, when, you're, when we go out and, and we get the fresh air and, and for mm -hmm. Icelandic people often arriving from colder places, you know, it's right. a, a slap in the face a little bit. A bit. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but, but then I'm so happy when I arrive in Reykjavik, having driven through a few different types of landscapes. And then I know, I mean, and still, if I would drive on, it would change and change and change and right, change right. and change it's constantly. True. It's true. It, it's, uh, that's the magical part for me. Yeah. Having been, you know, when, when we're in countries like, I, I'd imagine like driving through France or Ukraine or somewhere, you could drive for quite a while without the landscape changing. Right, that that's much. very true. Yeah. Very true. Uh, yeah, I would say that's that's one thing it, it probably has that's, that's similar to the States is you have so much variety. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is what I really like. Uh, you get deserts, you get, you know, forests, which a lot of people don't realize. I mean, they're quite small here, mm -hmm. yeah. but it isn't a big place. They're actually um, changing a lot for the last 20 years. Right, right. Yeah. Huge growth forests yeah. and lots of planting, reforestation efforts, that sort of thing. Um, I think the forests here are just so beautiful and they also damper the wind a little bit so if you're trying to escape the wind mm -hmm. go to the forest yeah. it's a nice spot um but yeah i would say like yeah well like you said when you arrive in keflik and you see the landscape there i remember the first time i visited and maybe it's just because i have the mind of a child but i could so easily imagine a tyrannosaurus rex oh. or you know there's no dinosaur there were no dinosaurs in iceland right it's too no. new of a place but it's that that landscape reminds me of the images of my books from childhood that had you know dinosaurs with volcanoes in the background these sort of perfect yeah uh shapes of volcano you know the sort of triangle shape and and mm -hmm. just lava fields and that sort of thing but like you said it changes mm -hmm. rather quickly as you start to enter into Reykjavik it becomes a bit more green mm -hmm. um and yeah it's just it's it's very cool yeah. to see there's one place in Iceland that has fossil remnants that are very interesting. Okay. It's in the Westfjords. They okay. have fossil remnants of giant pines. Really? Yeah, because they are really large, 
coniferous pines, I think it's called. Really? With, with stems that are up to a meter wide or something. Wow. And they found it there because Iceland is, as we know, relatively young, about right. four or five million years but old. But the Westfjords are the oldest part, The right? Westfjords are the oldest part, so... Yeah. In the edges of Iceland, in the yeah. east and in the west, then you have the oldest parts. And in the old settlements there, from an older, warmer climate time, okay. there were these huge pines. That's fascinating. Yeah. I will have to check these. Can you view them anyway? Uh, yeah. I just remember I saw a program on it on the show. Really? I, I can't remember where it's being shown or something. Okay. Maybe it's just in the Natural Museum. Yeah, I'll have to look, I'll have yeah. to look into it. Maybe it's something about it up in Pertland, I could yeah. imagine. But it was a very small thing, and to me, it was like, what, 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 Iceland was like that? I know. <laughs> it was after the dinosaurs, of course, but still in the older area. Well, I mean, it's, it's since humans are only 200,000 years old. So, right, uh, right. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned that, because um, I, I've definitely read these sort of climate change reports, mm -hmm. and forward-looking in Iceland, Iceland is supposed to become a temperate birch forest mm -hmm. at some point, so yeah. I think it's actually a pretty nice place to settle down in, yeah. in light of climate change, <laughs> uh, but we should be totally reforested at that yeah. point, you know, in, in 20, 30 years or something like that, mm -hmm. so... I was working in the forestry myself as a young, uh, as, a, as a teenager, and we had this thing next to Kjerid up in oh. Arnisisla. Kjerid is in the, on the Golden Circle. It's right. a it's an old blast crater with a lake in it, very nice, and and red lava all around. Oh. Uh, I was planting trees around there, uh, in that area, and also uh, further close to Apavatn and Lövatn. It's similar areas, and that at that time, it was just you know, mossy hills right, right. kind of thing. And I was planting pine trees and, and large trees. But the thing was, that was interesting, that in each row that we planted, you put a name tag really? on the row. So you could see if I was doing a good or bad job. Okay. And I have visited it sometimes after that and basically checked out my trees, how and, they're doing. And how are they doing? They're doing splendidly well. You did a good job They're then. big forests right now. That's amazing, because this was what... This is Six, like 60 years ago, no. <laughs> <laughs> this is about 25 years 25 ago. 25 years yeah, ago, yeah, exactly. Something like that. But yeah, trees grows a lot in 25 yeah, years, so it's, it's confirmed. And it's just interesting to see. Uh, my family has pictures from their childhood in South Iceland right. of, of these places like Laugaraus and Reykholt. These are places in South Iceland and right. Laugavak where you just have the houses. And you can see it from old pictures right. from Reykjavik also where you just have... You know, down in the center, there's just a house and a, and a mud street. Right, and, right. And the pond in the center of town and everything. Not any trees. Yeah. Anywhere. And now and they're they're sort of covered in these beautiful pine trees. Yeah. and. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a reminder for me that the country really is young, both culturally and, and geo geographically. Very, very, it's very it's a young country in many ways. Very true. Uh, but, but yeah, I love, I love the forests. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm happy that they're in many places now and because the deforestation uh, was, no, what's it called? Deforestation? Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was a serious problem about serious 30, problem years, uh, 30 years ago. Yeah. The, we, there was one of the Icelandic groups that did a song about it called uh, The Land is Blowing Away. Yeah. yeah. It was like a uh, Save the Children effort that we did here right, right. Yeah, for well, the country. I mean, partly why, I mean, Iceland Travel, we participate in these reforestation efforts. We mm -hmm. have our... our uh, Birch Grove yeah. and Huykdalur yeah. near the Geyser area in the Golden Circle, yeah. which is really nice for people to visit. I, I did it actually, I've, I visited a couple times and we're going to be planting a new crop of trees this May. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's it's nice to be a part of that effort as well. You're part of the effort and it's something that you could revisit later. Right. And this is a thing we could offer to our groups. Iceland is in a, in a good way. And for example, one thing that I'm happy about with the forestation is that it's easier to camp also. That's true. That is very true. Yeah. And it's also, it's, uh, I really, really enjoy camping. Although I've switched from sleeping in a tent to an RV uh, this year, uh, which has been great, mm -hmm. especially, you know, during COVID when you don't have as many accommodation options, that sort of thing. Or maybe you don't want to be at a campsite with a lot of other people. So in an RV, you can kind of be anywhere really. Yeah. But uh, yeah, having having trees around your campsite is really important if you actually want to enjoy yeah. <laughs> sitting outside and eating your dinner outside without yeah. without the wind interfering. So <laughs> yeah, it's great. Yeah. Where where are your favorite camping spots? 
I'm very fond of a few. There are some excellent camping spots uh, next to Snæfellsnes. Yep. Uh, they are very nice next to Arnastapi there. Yep. I love that. That's Camp a great site. spot. Yeah. Yeah. You can you can take walks around to see the Arctic turn down by the sea. Right. Watch out for them in the spring because they're everywhere. Right. In Snæfellsnes there are many Arctic turns on the road. Yeah. And next to the road. And just basically everywhere. Right. That's that is very true. And then I love some, I mean, uh, it's a great one in Varmalif. I've done fairly many campsites. Yeah. And usually the, the accommodation or the facilities there the facilities. get better every year. I mean, They're so nice. Yeah, I mean, usually now you can sit indoors, cook indoors, have, you know, excellent toilets and showers and stuff. Right. So it's not so uncomfortable at all. Right, and most of them are, are upgrading to hot water as yeah. well. You don't have to wash your dishes in cold water anymore. Yeah. You can have hot water like anybody else. Yeah. Uh, it's There's very little discomfort that you would find in sort of old school camping. You exactly, know? yeah. Oh. Okay, yeah, I... I explored probably i mean maybe dozens of campsites this yeah. summer uh and then with my daughter as well and it's it you also have the swimming pools as too as an opportunity to take a shower as well if you know go for a swim take a shower at the swimming pool so there's some camping uh tips there <laughs> i mean yeah because the, and, and also we have so many swimming pools. Yeah, exactly. That They're must everywhere. be a good thing for you here in Iceland, right? The swimming uh, pool culture. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I'd say so. Um, with COVID, I mean, having the swimming pools closed, it's been definitely, uh, it's been a tougher year, I think, for people not having that opportunity to yep. have a soak, chat with friends, that sort of thing. I mean, it's, I would often meet my family at the pool, you know, mm -hmm. on a Tuesday night or something like that. This is our outdoor cafe in Iceland. That's the swimming pool. That's absolutely right. Yeah. And yeah. That, that was that was another draw to moving here. I mean, just the swimming pool culture and being able to take a soak in a hot tub any day of the week, any time you want. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's amazing. I live right across the street from the, I believe it's the oldest swimming pool in Reykjavik. Yeah, Sundtotlin. Yep. Yeah. It's a really, uh, such a huge benefit to have that. It's mm -hmm. like having a, yeah, a pool right in my backyard. So. And it's kind of in the center. It's yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's it's lovely. Yeah, it's lovely. Um, uh, we're in Vesterbaden right now, so so it's like, you when you when you're in a neighborhood, it's yeah. like you have you have your own football team. Yeah. Which in my case should be Kauer now. Right. That's, that's the football association of West yeah. Reykjavik. <laughs> exactly. And and then I have West Berlin. Which is a great pool. It's a great pool, very sociable. One of the older ones and one where it has great charms. I used to be next to Lotus Lane, so that was my swimming pool. Yep. So I used to be over there too. Yeah, yeah. We just changed swimming pools after where we were. Yeah, are. exactly. They're all fine. I miss the one here in Festivire though. It's a bit smaller, a bit more intimate. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sometimes it's not, and you have when you have these retro houses next yeah. to it, a little bit like that here. You know? Yeah, that's you true. You feel like you're walking into 1960 again. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's very true. <laughs> and of course, with Suntatlin, your current swimming pool. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's just a beautiful piece of architecture mm -hmm. as well. I mean, you. it's. I. Uh, do you remember the year that it was built? It's got the no. I'm 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 guessing like early nineteen, uh, early twentieth century. Early, yeah. It's I I think it was around the time my my house was built in nineteen twenty three. Mm -hmm. I think the pool was built around the same time. I think really similar architecture, but they they have some. You know, it's a bit early for that. Some Art Deco vibes to it that are just. I mean, it's just gorgeous. And then having it recently renovated. Yeah. It, it's a great pool. It's a great pool. And you actually live in a house which is probably one of the older ones in Iceland when you say 1923 yeah. because it's, it's a young country. Yeah. And we're it's almost 100 years old. And, we, and for example, now we're sitting in an apartment that was built in 1958, also mm -hmm. quite old compared yeah. to Iceland at yeah. least. And you have one of these quaint houses that tourists like to take pictures of downtown. Yes, I, I, my house is actually interesting. It's not on one of the main streets. It's in a, it's facing inwards towards the alley. Mm -hmm. So you kind of, it's, it's kind of hidden, but uh, that hasn't stopped tourists from finding it uh, <laughs> during peak tourist seasons in the past two years or so. I've, I've witnessed large groups of people photographing my house. Yeah. Uh, it's very cute and it has a nice garden and it has flowering trees. So I think that's a big part of it as well. But it was definitely a funny thing to wake up to is having people take selfies. <laughs> You're just trying to have your coffee 
or you're getting out of the shower in your bathrobe. Oh, you know? yeah. So you're you're always you're you're always wearing your makeup, always wearing your best best clothes. Always. <laughs> I, I wake up super early to prepare for the the photo opportunities that happen almost every day. Yeah, so, that's great. yeah. You, so you're living a smack center in uh, something that surprised me as a young man when I was traveling and I met somebody who went to Iceland, and 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 you know. He mm -hmm. loved the, the fact that it's hours from Iceland. It's a yeah. very popular thing to say. But uh, he, was, he was most impressed with one thing about Iceland. And I was like, okay, well, what is that? You have so many colors on the roofs of your houses, yeah. he said. <laughs> I <laughs> Which know. I thought was hilarious. Red I roofs, never thought green about roofs. That. Yeah. yeah. I never thought about that. But also just colorful choices in terms of like, it, it kind of in some ways reminds me of South Florida and that people will choose somewhat unusual colors to paint their homes. Mm -hmm. I mean, you see on some streets, like I think it's Celia Vega, you see lime green and orange mm -hmm. and you know, they're right next to each other. Yeah. Uh, with red roofs and it's really cool both in winter I would say super contrasty with the snow so great photo opportunities downtown yeah. but also in the summer when you have the wildflowers and the green grass yes. it's like really reflective of the wildflowers and yeah. it's it's just such a it's a pretty place it's very quaint yeah, very quaint and 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 you I always get reminded of like every month looks different Yep. So, for example, you would do a great photo book if you just took took like one or two photos a month of yeah. your place yeah. in its natural habitat. Exactly. It would be very interesting. It's, it's a year in Iceland. Exactly. And I would say this time of year, it's just so nice how dedicated people are to decorating for Christmas. Yes. And the Christmas lights are just so beautiful. And they get started early, right? In the In the States, we start decorating for Christmas sort of after thanksgiving it's yeah. it's in december but here in iceland i saw christmas lights up at the first of november yeah and that's great we need it it's, we it's really a little need darker it. Yeah. you know and so it kind of um it lightens things up a little bit and yeah kind of a lot yeah. i mean and and then we get sadly sometimes i i always encourage people not to take them down straight away right please right. let them live a little bit into january yeah or february <laughs> yeah why not so yeah. so the best thing would be not to have two christmas specific lights maybe just red or white right. that's legit you know exactly you don't have to have the multicolored ones you know exactly just have white lights everywhere when i'm walking around i town. actually completely agree with that and i would say after the year that we've all had i think it's completely appropriate to do whatever the hell we want to do with our <laughs> christmas lights now we should have them through february if that's what makes us feel better that's yeah. what we should do of course it's uh it's a thing that i noticed i mean because sometimes you forget that we're you know on, on the globe where we are and it's going to be really bright in the summer and i'm almost always surprised oh yeah it's getting really bright now it's so fast and it's so fast and it, it happens in the autumn as well it's like yeah. october november it really goes dark yeah the transition is so rapid and you're you know one moment using like a, a, a you know a sleep mask because it's so bright in your apartment and the next minute you are turning on all of your lights and the sun's not coming up till close to 11 in the morning <laughs> in december so, but that's what I love about it. People said, oh, is it so hard, you know, like mm -hmm. having the darkness in the winter? And I'm like, no, because you've had a whole summer of nearly 24 hours of some light, yeah. right? I would say it's a welcome respite from, you know, eye strain. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have light sensitivity, so winter is very welcome to me, you mm -hmm. know, having, you know, that rest. But you also just, it's such a cozy time, you know, yeah. the second fall hits everybody's lighting candles and it's you know it's just super cozy mm -hmm. and i i think i welcome it and yeah. and by the time it's over summer's here and it's bright and you're you know it's basically two seasons yeah and it gives so. us it, it gives us such a nice experience of everything around us because everything's always changing it's never right. staying the same right I, th I found it so interesting when I was in Africa one time and and that's of course a totally different totally experience different. Uh, bri yeah. brightness wise yeah. You have a, you have a full day and it's a full day. It's a full right. day, full day, full day, full day, and then you have half an hour and it goes completely right. dark. Right. Here is always twilight. Yeah. Exactly. And it's a different twilight. You have uh, I have the one o'clock twilight now, and then I have the three o'clock twilight. Right. Well, it just gives you incredible lighting. If you yeah. like to take pictures, you get some pretty magical mm -hmm. lighting, even in winter. I mean, mm -hmm. maybe it's a little bit more challenging to mm -hmm. take good photos, but I would say having that sort of golden hour yeah. all the time. Yeah. 
you know, it's and just amazing pink skies and beautiful sunsets, sunrises. All the time. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, it's like a, a photographer, an amateur photographer's dream to be yeah. here. Yeah. You can all check out all of our sites for a lot of examples of this. I mean, yep. because just the way the clouds are here, they're different. I yeah. mean, and you have the way the light reflects off the water. It's different. It it's, is different. Yeah. And it's fast moving. Like you said, it's changing all the time. And that's partly because things literally the, the wind is pushing clouds so fast. Mm -hmm. You look at something one second and, you know, and yeah. also just being where we are, you know, sort of our latitude, longitude. Mm -hmm. You know the moon. The moon rises super, super fast, and it's gone before you know it. Yeah. So it's just sort of, uh, it's it's very cool. Yeah, it's very cool. Uh, do you have any tip for people who would like to come to Iceland for longer than a trip, or just longer than a short vacation? Yeah, I mean, I would say, well, now is a great opportunity because there's this new uh, legislation that just went through that if you actually wanted to come, if if you work remotely from your job in say the states, for example, you could come here for up to six months. Yeah and stay um but if even if even so if you're wanting to take a week or two week trip to iceland mm -hmm. i would like i said earlier i would definitely recommend traveling in the north exploring the east fjords the west fjords yeah checking out the highlands which is just uh otherworldly i mean there's yeah. literally nothing to compare to it uh, yeah these sort of painterly mountains well, i mean maybe you might see these in patagonia or something like that but they're just it's it's uniquely icelandic i think yeah. Um, I would recommend exploring beyond the usual. Yeah. Um, and uh, taking your time. Mm -hmm. It's not a huge place. You can get through Iceland rather quickly in mm -hmm. a seven, eight day trip yeah. on the ring road. But I would definitely recommend if you have the opportunity and the ability to do so is spend more time exploring places. Yeah. And also just talk to people. I think most people are really willing to chat and uh, have we, interesting stories to tell. Yeah, we we would love to use our English. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And also just talk about the area. I mean, I've, yeah. I've met a lot of farmers and, and people that we also work with, with at Iceland Travels, our suppliers, yeah. who want to tell their story of, you know, why they're doing what they're doing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but those would be my top tips. And yeah. then, of course, you know, I definitely recommend people do their research before. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you have a specific interest, then you want to pursue that. Yeah, exactly. You know. And we, like you said, we just have, we have a load of great resources on our website, mm -hmm. icelandtravel.is, that um, I spend a lot of time writing content for. Mm -hmm. um, and then we have this great blog, too, which gives you all sorts of insider tips and that sort of thing. I mean, we cover so many things on this, these pages. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. It's 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 worth uh, a good few hours yeah, just to browse between them. You know? Exactly, and I'm you know there are different types of travelers. I'm definitely the type of traveler that likes to research before and mm -hmm. have the list of places that I want to visit and know the restaurants I want to eat at. Yeah, we have all of that there. So yeah, we have all of that there, and and I know people are of course different in the way they yeah. do travel, and I know we had both we had in the previous blogs we have people who recommend that you. You read up even after you've seen those things, you know. Yeah, yeah. Which is also a good thing to do. Right, right. But I think I'm a little bit like you. I want to know something I want to about, know and yeah. yeah, I want to know where I'm going and, and be prepared. And then, you know, part of being prepared is also wearing the right clothing. Mm. I would say one thing that I've definitely learned since moving here is layering. Yeah. And the value of materials like Gore-Tex. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I never had an interest in Gore-Tex or, or really practical clothing. It's until not very fashionable. Yeah, I would say, I mean, both a combination of having a, a young child and living in Iceland, my clothing choices are far more practical than fashionable. Mm. Although there is this nice hybrid yep. of these things, but... Yep. Uh, is just you know dressing right. It's it's better to be warm and and prepared than not. So yeah, if you want to see the fashionable side, then then it's just summer night downtown Reykjavik. That's probably the right. That's exactly. the window to see and to express yourself in that way. Right, exactly. And <laughs> yeah. yeah, you definitely have your city clothes, but yeah. when you're out in the country, it's it's better just yeah. to you know. You don't need high heels when in your highlands. No, right? no. I would say definitely a good pair of boots and lots of wool. <laughs> mm -hmm. wool is just so great yeah. what I love about wool that you can also you know use it in kind of hotter 
Yeah. Because it breathes so well. Yeah, it breathes well. I mean, yeah. what you need is moisture wicking. So mm -hmm. that's the, it works well for that. And Icelandic wool is very unique in that way. Yeah. So getting yourself a proper sweater when you're here is... Yeah. is it's both practical and beautiful. Yeah, yeah. very true. Lots uh, of craftsmanship put yeah. into... Uh, a hand-knitted wool sweater, that's like yeah. one of my favorite processions. Yeah. 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 I would, I would, I would uh, concur with your choices in, in clothes, and add to my to my mind one of the most important thing is is to have dry and warm toes when yes. you're doing these things because if you got dry and warm toes you're probably warm all over all over that's yeah. absolutely right I getting proper socks. Right, and if you have a hard time finding these things where you are, if you come to Iceland, there are stores downtown. There's a nice store called Utlorkistan, uh, I think is what it's called. Utlorkistan, yeah, which I love, especially for my little one. It's just proper layering wool clothing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I I buy actually a lot of stuff there. It's it's great. It's great. So yeah, yeah. excellent. Uh, I think we covered so many things. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 basically. I think I think our main takeaway point is come to Iceland. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I recommend it to everybody, <laughs> and don't hesitate to reach out too. I mean, we we have so many tips and and like I said, resources on our web, but mm -hmm. also our our people are always happy to talk. So. Yeah, and, and and in every way. I mean, because this is this this to me it seems like many people have dreams like you, right? Yeah. And and we 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 try to sometimes we're building castles in our mind and say oh right. it's such a huge thing and it's you going just... to be so hard and everything, but I, in my experience when you do these kinds of things it's just like it's a small tweak it's right. it's a it's a tweak and you adjust a little bit right but the rewards can be so great that's, yeah that's the thing I would definitely say just just take the plunge take the risk it's yeah. definitely a risk right but it's <laughs> I think the payoff is great yeah. and if you have opportunity and ability why not. Excellent. So, yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Blake. It's been Great fun. having you. Yeah. yeah. I hope you take something away from this. And yeah, we remind you to check all of our mediums. We have YouTubes and Twitters and Facebooks and Instagrams and homepages. It's, yeah. Get to researching. <laughs> thank you so much. Thanks. Have a great day.